Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 16 for Friday, January 26th. I'm Alex Uwe, and I'm here today with Alex Rudy. How you doing? I'm good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. This has been a, a fun baseball news-filled week. Got Hall of Fame inductees announced. We got some, some hot stove action. Life is good right now. Um, what, how did you uh, feel about the Hall of Fame? We talked about it in our in our last podcast that we did, but uh, wanted to hear your take before we get going here. Yeah, I think I generally agree with you guys that the guys who got in all deserve to get in. Um, I like that Vladdy is going to be the first guy going to the Hall of Fame as an angel. Mm-hmm. That's a special thing. I think every team deserves to have its own Hall of Famers, and it's a good thing to see. I think... Uh, same time, I'd also agree with you guys. I know you said that Edgar Messina's uh, lack of success yet again was uh, what was the word you used? Egregious. Egregious. I think yes. I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they're hands down Hall of Famers, just first ballots. But I do think that um, considering the precedent of players who are allowed in, um, Messina just has did enough as a pitcher and. It's, Really, just using like recency bias against him for insane error. I read some statistic was like the most Hall of Famers in the past like five years ever elected or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Edgar is the best DH ever, and I think it's really weird that like people don't treat DH as its own position for the Hall of Fame. Like, because if the guy was the best third baseman ever, they would never like Chipper. Ch- Chipper could be the best third baseman ever. But Chipper is not as good like is not as good as numbers as. Uh, you know, uh, give me like another great all-time hitter, um, like, like G. I guess let's just say that, like, right? Um, and then, but no one's gonna say like Chipper shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame because he's not as good as Jeter. Like they played, they were just like it's just not how it works. Like yeah, uh, it's probably a bad example because shortstops, I don't think historically as good offensively as third base. But the point still stands. I think it's pretty biz- like th- the baseball writers of America. Are just so like they're like they're like the Jim Crow laws of like baseball. That's an extreme example, but like, <laughs> I know, I, like you know, it's really interesting that like the Hall of Fame and the MLB have no issues with the steroids users getting into the Hall of Fame. Only the base, the writers do. And like, I'm sorry, but I don't really care that much what a writer thinks. I'm a writer as much like as much as they are. Like in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not part of the Baseball Rise of America yet, unfortunately. None of us are. But, You'll get there. You know, still stands, and that's my rant about it. They're, they're, they're pretty immature and pit-petty old men, it's, old men, it seems like. <laughs> well, we would have loved to have you on for uh, this conversation yesterday. But yeah, we talked about a lot of the same things. The, the comparisons seem really unfair. Um, and then just, you know, in the case of Edgar and Musina, their body of work, their numbers, their lack of question in terms of character, there's there's nothing that should be holding them back. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but we did talk about that yesterday. If you want to hear more, you can listen to the, the White Sox Team of the Week episode. And in this podcast, we are going to be talking about the Brewers and the Marlins. We are doing a joint Team of the Week podcast with this one we're going to be talking about two teams because they both kind of dominated the news yet again the marlins completed their fire sale uh, selling all of their outfield which was the best in baseball i think that was the consensus it is now all gone 
Kristen Yelich is now a Milwaukee Brewer. He was traded in exchange for four prospects, um, the headliner being uh, Lewis Brinson from the Brewers, who is, as of right now, like the number 13 overall prospect, according to MLB.com, but I think they are going to um, roll out their, their new list for 2018 in just a couple days. So he's, he's a top prospect is the point. He's, he's way up there. So the Marlins only got, well, they got another top 100 overall prospect, I believe, in this trade too. They also got Monte Harrison, they got Isan Diaz, and another lower level, level pitcher, Yamamoto, who is not even um, top 30 in the Marlins organization, apparently. But they only got two top 100 overall prospects out of all three of their their superstar outfielders that they traded this offseason. Um, so we can we can start there if you want. Let's let's talk about the the Marlins um, haste in selling off their entire outfield and the return that they got. Um, what is your initial thoughts about the return that they were able to bring back? It's really impressive that they're able to trade the best outfield in baseball in three months. Mm-hmm. And I think the only like trade that got a fair return was probably the Yelich deal. Unless I'm mis- I have I may be wrong if those you know, guys were anything really special, but I didn't think I saw anything that blew my mind. I don't think Brinson honestly will even be that good. He was really struggled his first year. Maybe he, I mean he's so young. I mean he's plenty of time, but like uh, four more break jobs. Three you know, more <laughs> Sorry, the, the ESPN ad playing. Darn ESPN. Um, you were but talking about Princeton. Time, like, sorry. You were talking about Princeton. I didn't know if you got lost there. Yeah. Um. No. I. My frat house is. The music is really loud in the basement below me. That's why I got distracted. All right. I actually, so, you can't hear it that. You can't really hear it on our end, so you can just keep I'm, going right through. Really happy to hear that because <laughs> I'm probably gonna put on headphones once I finish, finish this conversation. Okay. Uh, but I I think we'll probably talk about this more later. I think my biggest like part of discussion for this is more the general just philosophy behind it and the uh, issues I think MLB is having with competitive uh, not competitive balance but a competitive willingness for teams to invest. Um, to win, uh, with the Marlins and the Pirates being the prime examples, and I think um, Yelich. I think my last part on this, and I'll let you take over, is that Yelich was arguably the worst of the three. At least last year, he was, and he got the most return. I think that's pretty interesting. It speaks a lot to his contract, I suppose, and his general consistency as a player. But uh, I really like this. I think it's a lot more interesting from the Brewers' perspective at this point because I like that they're going all in. It seems like. Yeah, and I, the contract is the reason why Yelich is the most valuable player of all these three, because Stanton's contract was, you know, unsustainable from the Marlins' point of view, and another team was essentially going to be doing them a favor by taking him off their hands. So when there was only three teams out there that really looked like they were willing to take on that contract, uh, they were left very little options. Like, they got back you know, a couple prospects and Starling Castro for Stanton, but it was a totally different case than Yelich. Ozuna um, is another guy who doesn't have an enormous contract, but at the Greetings. same time, the, whoa, okay, <laughs> the, the uh, 
the team yeah. control element of things comes into play again. And they did get a couple good prospects back from the Cardinals. Um, so in in that regard, um, Yelich is probably the most valuable player among the three when you're just looking at, you know, he's under team control through, I think, 2021 and then team option for 2022 in a very team-friendly contract. Um, I think the most he's due to make in any of those years um, is like 14 and a half million. So, and it's significantly less. I think the average annual salary over that span is going to be somewhere in the range of 11, 12 million. So when you're considering that factor, there's no question that he was going to, you know, garner the biggest return. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with these prospects they got back. Um, they did get two outfield prospects back who look pretty good in Brinson and Harrison, and they will probably slot in very quickly into the major league outfield, I'd imagine. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm always, despite what the Marlins have been doing, I'm always excited to see young players taking the field, um, you know, maybe under less than ideal circumstances, but they still bring a different kind of fun energy to the game. So I'm looking forward to watching the Marlins, actually, which is something really? I'm sure a lot of Marlins fans aren't. Well, I am as a as a MLB fan who... Who are you looking forward to watching? I'm looking forward to seeing what they're able to, to conjure up from their minor league system. Like, I want to see players develop and break out in unexpected ways because you know that they're not going to... It's not like nine players on the the field are going to be horrendous. They're going to have some some people who I don't know unexpectedly stick. You know, it's it's the always it's a fun thing to watch. The early two thousands Tigers. Well, think of it like the reputation think of it like that I've heard the A's seems at to. This point. The A's are not fun to watch. I don't. I, agree I enjoy with that watching guys like uh, like Matt Chapman and you know Mark Canna try to break their way in and see what they're I, able I, to the do. The A's are. Just, I also okay maybe, but the A's are like and we'll stay with the A's podcast. Now that I really think about that. Are such a disproportionately incompatible. I'm sorry, it's not a good example. The whole fun of the A's organization is what you're describing. That is yeah, their entire that's what selling I'm saying. The point. Marlins, at, the, at least, the you Marlins know, we get to see some are, like fun unknown players. That's I, so I like the that. Marlins are the Kardashians of baseball. That's their whole selling point for being interesting. The Marlins are the Kardashians of baseball. Are a disastrous embodiment of competitive sport. Mm-hmm. and their sheer incompetency and dysfunction is where the entertainment lies, in my opinion. And that's it's not... I don't think they have players like the ones that Billy Bean conjures up out of thin air when he sacrifices his stars. Well, should, uh, should we open up a Marlins depth chart at this point if I can find one it. in a timely manner? All right, let's see what, what they're working with here. Of course, they have JT Real Muto and Justin, Justin Bourne, Starlin Castro were probably the only three... I, I don't think any of those guys are going to the OPJ roster. Wait, why? None of those. Why three. would they be? I know. None I know, of those three are going to be. I know. There. I don't think I even want to be there. From what I, Justin Bour, I don't think it's come out and said anything. But I mean, I could totally see them. Real, like I really be shocked if Cash was there. Um, Real Muto, I'm pretty sure came out and said he doesn't want to be there. Uh, I mean, Bour is 29. He's not going to get any better. I would want to trade him too. Uh, Mar- my sh- probably trade Martin Prado too. I mean, I think all those guys. There's a very good chance to be off the team. <laughs> I mean, somebody's, somebody's got to play for them. They have to have teams that that want them as well. It's not just a kind of like, all right, you're dismissed. Go. I think there's teams that could use all those players. 
Well, it, it would be some if all of these if all four of these guys somehow get traded before the deadline, I I don't I don't know what I'm what I do. That's that's gonna be. Why well, my it, point? So I, I guess I am I I expect that to happen. So that's why I don't really see them as entertaining. Uh, anyway. I I don't know because <laughs> it's it's not so much that they have good fun prospects like the White Sox who we talked about in our last podcast, but they have guys who are nobody and they have a chance to play in the major leagues and to try to make a name for themselves i i find that interesting that that's maybe the fantasy that's baseball that's fan fair. in me that wants to see random players succeed no i would definitely say that if you're a quadruple a player like try to get down to miami as fast as possible yeah exactly like they can they can dominate you know with whatever where's, where's lance nicks when you minor league contracts that they can find yeah, I don't know. Lance Lynn, he's a he's an actual MLB free agent. No, Lance Nix. Oh, Lance Nix. Who uh, who are some of the other perennial minor league quadruple A players out there? I think I actually saw that um that the I think the White Sox signed like Xavier Cedeno, who is another really? one of those that that popped yeah, into my mind. I, I don't know. Maybe there's Maybe I'm thinking it's about only something else. I'd love to see maybe like an Ibar brother, maybe an Ibar and his, tur- <laughs> his tourists. What about uh, a Bonifacio? Corey Dick- uh, not Corey Dickerson. What's the other Dickerson? Bonifacio would be cool. There's that other Dickerson who briefly played for the Yankees and like eight other teams. Um, no, maybe the next Eric Thames will appear in air, or the next uh, or Dustin Dustin Ackley. Let's let's get Dustin Ackley on the Marlins. Where is Dustin? Dustin Ackley? I think is tragically. Uh, finished as a as a player, it seems like I don't. The, Mar- the Marlins are the team to go to. He's only twenty nine. Um, yeah, chance. he's not old, but he's not he's not putting it together. I don't actually know where he ended off last season. Um, he I, last played for the Yankees somehow. Cool. No, he's on the he was in the Angels minor league system last season. Okay, yeah, I do I do briefly vaguely remember that. Okay, brief tangent: the fact that he couldn't make their lineup at all last year. Says a lot about where his career is gone. Yeah, he he got beat out by Johnny Givatella, I imagine, right? Was that was that this past year? I think it was the year before, but I mean, like Maybe. guys like Jeffrey Marte, Luis Valbuena. Uh, I don't really think CJ Crone is anything unique. Oh, did Danny Espinosa uh, start the year with the Angels? It's like yeah, <laughs> Danny Espinosa. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had outfield injuries. I mean, he plays outfield too. I mean, nothing. It's not not it's not speak highly of him. That's for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. If if you're into watching less than right. top tier baseball, I, I was gonna be nicer about it, but you should definitely watch some Marlins games. If you hate yourself, be a Marlins. No, fan. you don't have to hate yourself. You I can... really feel bad for the eight people in Miami who actually care about baseball. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. You know, if you're, uh... <laughs> I'm just thinking about the Marlins man uh, season ticket holder meeting now. The Marlins if you haven't seen man, that, that was, all you that was great. Know. For all you know, the Marlins fan isn't even a real Marlins fan. I don't think he is. I don't think I've ever even seen him at a Marlins game. No, he's definitely been at Marlins games. <laughs> he just likes the orange jersey, I He's think. expanded his brand. Um, he's, he's a season yeah. ticket holder, though. He's, he's, a, Marlins, he's, just... he's a Marlins fan. Um, all right, let's, let's go ahead and switch gears. Let's talk about the Brewers now, who are a much more compelling team from a competitive standpoint. And now from an outfielder standpoint, they have the most compelling outfield in all of baseball, and that's coming from a Yankees fan who, you know, the Yankees are trying to find a way to field the five or six outfielders they have, and here's the Brewers, and they somehow managed to top that 
by having I uh, let, let me let me count these up. They have eight viable outfield options on their roster right now. Um, two of them I'll I'll qualify first. And, like Eric Eric Thames and Hernan Perez are not exclusively outfielders. They you know play the infield as well. But the rest of the guys I'll list off here. Of course, Christian Yelich. They just acquired via trade. And I don't think we mentioned yet. Lorenzo Cain signed with the Brewers for five years, eighty million dollars, which is a really good contract. We'll get to that more in a second. So they have Yelich, Cain, Ryan Braun, Domingo Santana, who had a very good season as the regular right fielder. They have Keon Broxton still. I don't know if you remember him. And they have Brett Phillips, who is you know a major league ready prospect at this point there's nothing really more for him to do in the minor leagues so they have some work to do from a front office standpoint unless they just want to go ahead and throw seven outfielders on their depth chart in their 25-man roster I don't think that's going to be what they end up doing so let's start with Lorenzo Cain where you know of course he signed the same day as Christian Yelich was traded actually and the general consensus is that the Brewers got a pretty good deal for a really solid outfielder. Kane is 30 years old, but as of right now, he is still one of the most valuable all-around outfielders available. So what do, what do you think about the Brewers basically Ooh, saying, they almost, screw starting pitching? They almost had it where I was just like, when I saw Lorenzo Kane, like, oh, I love it. And then I saw the contract. You don't I like the contract. I can't say I, like the, I love the contract. And I first of all, let me just say I love the attitude. I love it that this team. You know, what? I'm actually a person who's probably way too fickle and like patient and wants to wait for the right, the perfect moment to go all in. Mm-hmm. That's really probably not the best strategy for sports. You really never know, and you really just have to decide. You know, this is as good as we're going to get. This is like we're in the position to succeed. Let's go for it. They almost won the division last year without Kane and Yelich. Rumors to sign Darvish or Arietta. I think they. I think you can honestly make the case at that point that they're better than the Cubs. I don't know if they are, it, but it you would could be a fun argue conversation. It. You yeah. could argue it for sure. I don't love the Kane contract just because his age. He's a very athleticism-based player, and five years for a 31-year-old outfielder is just a lot. I will say I think he's going to really excel in Miller Park, and I think when you look at it compared to a Dexter Fowler deal, you can see it as an acceptable contract. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's great, though. and I think they're probably going to have to trade Ryan Braun in the end to afford it. Uh, though I did, it does sound like they're trying to trade um, Santana or Phillips first, mm-hmm. or maybe it was Perez, which I think is I think Santana is the guy who you really need to get rid of um, if you have the choice. Uh, do you have anything else to add? I mean, I think, I think it's not a great contract. It's not a great value. If it would have been four years, it would have been a lot better, but it's not atrocious. I mean... I think uh, it was a position in need. They needed a true center fielder like that. And I think uh, Broxton is, was not good enough well, if they wanted to win the division. That's what point. was interesting about the fact that they went and got Kane the same day that they announced the Yelich trade is that Yelich looked like he was going to be the center fielder. And then hours later, you see Lorenzo Kane pop into the equation. And now you're staring at the Brewers team and trying to do a lot of calculus in your head and it's just making your brain hurt and then you know you have to go to bed early with an ice pack on your head because (laughs) you're just you're spinning at that point so with Lorenzo Cain in his contract I am a big fan of the contract Uh, let me phrase it differently than saying you're signing a 
31 year old to a five-year deal think of it more as you're paying one of the best outfielders all-around outfielders in terms of wins above replacement especially with his defense you're paying one of the best outfielders in the game 16 million dollars annually like on average does that sound better to you like just think of that from a yearly yes perspective in 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 a time where the the luxury tax and um you know staying under certain salary thresholds on a year-to-year basis is such a, a hot topic in major league baseball i'm surprised more teams aren't doing this kind of thing where they will sign the player to the longer term deal and just spread out that that contract over the course of many years just so the the payoff is not as you know harsh if things don't work out in in the immediate in the, in the short term because i i can guarantee you that if kane signed for 3 or 4 years he would have gotten you know somewhere in that in a similar realm he would have gotten like 60 to 80 for 3 or 4 years and would have made more annually but i apparently he wanted a longer deal with I security. completely disagree with you. You disagree with I would that. always rather pay more for... If you're going to pay the same money, why would you not want to pay it over a short period of time? Just get it off your books as soon as possible and not have to waste away him on the roster when he's not an effective player. Well, for the reason that I said. So you have a, you know, a somewhat responsible average annual salary. And that's, that's more why so that the case... Why that the same amount of money? I don't. I don't get it. Like it's on, same, because because the luxury different. tax thresholds kick in on a on a yearly basis. It's it's not like total amount of money. Oh, that's a really good players. point. That's I didn't what even I'm think saying. Like that. That's yeah. You're right. You're 100 so, right. And you know, and the Brewers are maybe not the best example of this, but many more teams out there, like the Dodgers and Yankees, that are all of a sudden so concerned about staying under this this luxury tax, you know, sign a free agent to a a four or five year deal even though you're like ah, eh, he probably only deserves a two or three year deal but if we just sign him to a four or five year deal that looks a lot more enticing we'll pay him probably about the same total amount over the course of that contract and we get to spread that out over the course of the career of his career and you see that in more extreme cases you know with um chris davis with the orioles is one of the the recent ones that comes into mind where they they stretched his is contract out in terms of payment over a much longer term deal in the seven years that he was signed for, which is, you know, obviously not a good contract when you're looking at the performance that they've gotten so far, but it's not, you know, crippling them on a year to year basis. And that's the, the part that I would imagine would be very enticing to MLB teams because they're not poor. Most of these MLB teams that, that plead that they are, you know, a small market team that can't afford to spend money on the free agent market, that can't afford to to go out and try to compete. They really can. They have the money. They have the revenue streams. That like they're not they're not losing money at any point in time. They're they are very profitable franchises for the most part. Um, the Marlins being one of the the few exemptions out there. But in that case, you you know you can still eat that money at a much lower risk over the course of of many years down the road and you know if it doesn't work out you're still only paying him a fraction of what it of what it would have been anyway it's like the same total amount committed i i don't know that's something that i've been advocating for for a while and i I, it sounds like i've sort of made my case to you so that's you know i'll take that i'm convinced all right cool 
We got one more on the bandwagon. We gotta spread the word a little bit more. My biggest takeaway is I just love that a small market team um, is going in mm. when uh, you just see so many teams in baseball. And the Marlins and the Pirates aren't the first teams to do it. Just prematurely blow things up just because they just don't have the stomach to spend money. And I know the, the Brewers have been haven't really signed a lot of top guys in recent years. But in all honesty, I think historically, there are a team that can look at and says, they are willing to spend money on to a reasonable degree when they need to. There's the Matt Garza contract, um, the Ryan Braun extension. I don't think they wanted Prince Field to leave. I'm pretty sure they offered him money, and he just left to leave. Um, so I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, from, from a competitive standpoint, the Brewers are – making themselves look better but like i said they have a lot of work to do are there in in considering the the trade market recently the pirates have been the headliners is there an option that looks like an obvious choice starting pitching wise for this team to to target right now or is that like to trade for going to be difficult at this point yeah because that's what they need that's their primary need i think I mean, I think free agents, like I said earlier, would be their best bet because I think they really need an ace, and the easiest way to get that is to sign them. I think uh, if that would, I'd really, really love that more than anything. If um, they would really just go that far in, trading wise, I mean, now that Cole is uh, is gone, who who's really available on the trade market? Well, a couple. Well, I've seen Danny Salazar being. A name that was thrown around. Why would there. they? Well, I don't really because they, first more all, so because the Indians mm, are kind of not sure what to do with him, and there have been rumors he's not good enough, about them looking to move him. Not uh, he's enough. not going to be a top end guy. And another guy that I was looking or that looks like a potential candidate in the same division as the Indians would be Danny Duffy of the Royals. And and at that point, you could look at acquiring Whit Merrifield and Danny Duffy in some sort of package. I like, love that. Still have lots of prospect depth to move so it's a very doable thing um, so if that's Phillips. something they want yeah you'd absolutely have to move at least one outfielder off this team it's it's an absurd amount of outfielders to carry they also have their top prospects and outfielder too Corey ray right right Corey ray is pretty consistent pretty young he was drafted just last year i believe or two years True. ago so yeah lots of outfielders that's the brewers thing now I guess nobody's even talking about the Yankees outfield anymore because the Brewers outfield is just so much more chaotic. Um, I did see, though, that the Yankees were really the number two farm system in baseball, even though they yeah, <laughs> trade this offseason getting rid of depth, which I, I can't, I don't really understand how it's possible, but in the past year they've made, uh, I, I, I mean, there's no one who they gave away that I'm like very upset that we lost. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm frying over, but I still think. Not to get on too much a tangent, like that's absurd that yeah they are still number I, two. Do you remember the website? It was that that gave them that. It was that ESPN. Ranking? Was it? Oh, okay, it was ESPN's. ESPN's not known for their, their prospects ratings in general, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't still imagine that. like Baseball Prospectus or MLB.com rating the Yankees quite that high. True. Uh, I am very happy with the prospects that they've been able to keep. Then I mean, you know, I'll acknowledge that the Brewers really have not really blown it up too much trying to compete. They still have a very promising core of players that they can bring up and you know, they're not depleted. They they have like I said, they have lots of work to do in terms of getting starting pitching. Um 
for for this team, do you think Darvish or Arietta would be a better fit? Uh, I just like Darvish better. I don't mm-hmm. know if one of their styles you think is going to be more effective in Miller Park because I think it means a hitter's park either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Darvish at least has the experience of pitching in a hitter's park already at Arlington. Um, I guess Arietta Camden Yards, and I don't really count that. Um, I, I don't really think Arietta is going to be an ace going forward, personally. Um, I just don't see him being the guy who, in the course of contracts, lives up to the hype. But I think, I in the end, I always believe in talent, and I think Hugh Darvish is absurdly talented. And I think he is just a better shot, but maybe I'm just basing that off no, of No, you're, you're right. Just, and nothing reasonable. From an overall, you know, numbers standpoint darvish is a much more effective pitcher much higher strikeout rate and you know just just kind of has that that ace feel to him still and Arietta's kind of faded away from that lost a lot of his his crispness his velocity is not what it used to be Um, so that's (laughs) that's a priority for the brewers is to try to get one of them one of those two pitchers and possibly trade for a starter because right now oh i want to play this game with you you can name as many Brewers starting pitchers as you can right now. You I mean, I was this, looking. I tried this. Oh, you looked. You looked them up. <laughs> I was well, looking earlier, even but then, even then, even then, it even might be then, difficult. I think I can name Chase Anderson, Giovanni Gallardo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure most most people. Uh, Nelson is it Jimmy Nelson? Yeah, Jimmy Nelson. He's. Um. See, it is, you just looked at it, and it's pretty hard. Uh, I know there's a guy who I know who I'm forgetting, but I looked at the names, I didn't even recognize some of them, but I'll be honest. Well, there's Zach Davies also. There, yeah, I knew I was missing him. No. Yeah, when I was doing this earlier, just thinking off the top of my head, I completely forgot about Giovanni Gardo. They signed Yolis Chassin this offseason already, much earlier on, so they have him as well. Um, and then they also have Brent Suter, who made his debut last year, and Hunter Woodruff also, who made his debut last year. Two of them filled in a lot of starts down the stretch. So those guys are still around. Not anything to marvel at. So <laughs> right now, they are a team consisting of exclusively four and five pitchers in a in a postseason rotation. Um, yeah, so I think that's all we have to talk about with the Brewers, really. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up with either the, the Brewers or the Marlins before we wrap this thing up? Can I go on my rant now at the very end about kind of baseball balance and my opinion on it? Um, yeah, I mean, we can kind of we, – we did cover that just a little bit earlier on, but if can you want to get one last thought Yeah, you want to dig in once again to your, your thoughts on the state of um, competitive baseball. I, I really think that baseball is fucking up by letting teams do this. And they're just going to – unless they've just kind of given up on competing to be like – Maybe this just means they've given up on ever returning to being considered arguably the best, like the top league in the United States. I would have expected them to be making a push for that, considering the NFL. I don't think in 10 years will we consider that. It seems like this just means that they're going to let NBA surpass them, which a lot of people will tell you they are. Um, Because it's like, well, I guess guess it it seems very contradictory because they juice the balls to get people more interested and get the. Baseball more hyped and popular and Allegedly. young people. They they they, they used to ball. Yeah, I know. Let's all be honest. And yeah, it is a lot. I, I guess it's not a hundred percent proved, but I would be really shocked at this point if it wasn't. And 
yet you let teams like this do this. No other sport is okay with this. That's just a fact. That claims to be the top sport in the United States. Maybe the NHL does. I don't know. Follow that close enough. But I don't even think really you see that that often there. Uh, I could be wrong, though, because they have a lot of ownership issues, too. The NBA, certainly, this would be unacceptable. The NFL, teams don't really – it just doesn't – not really a comparable way the players work. But even then, um, teams always seem to spend when they need to. This might be a salary cap issue in the end. That's a different conversation. But the fact of the matter is that the baseball is so unbelievably willing mm-hmm. to kind of let te- franchises have their own independence in spending. And I think that worked for a while. And the MLB's structure, and this is another discussion too, is a little bit different in terms of how they share revenue for those leagues, which affects this conversation. But my point in the end is that if they want to continue to not become an outdated sport from the past, which I confidently do think is a dangerous younger people at each generation, and maybe I'm just biased from my childhood, but that's just, even at college, I just don't think I know that many people who really follow baseball as closely as the NBA or the NFL or college sports, mm-hmm. or even, I know more people probably follow international soccer closer than baseball at this point, it feels like. And the Marlins being allowed to do this and being bought by ownership like this, super shady. Teams like the Pirates just continuously giving up early and just selling it all. And they just never, they never even, the Pirates are the worst. The Pirates <laughs> never fucking tried to win. They never fucking went all in. They won a ton of games and won two wild cards and got fucked by the Cubs being so good. I understand it. But the ownership never, ever spent any money. Who went about the Padres or even the Marlins? The Marlins at least signed the contracts. What contract? Has the fucking Pirates ever set, signed? Except for maybe Cutchins' extension? Oh, they the Rays, too. It's egregious. It's egregious. Mm-hmm. I think it's terrible for the game. All right, I'm sorry. I'm done. No, yeah. I mean, it's it's a sentiment that many people are feeling. It's not just you. And it's not unfair to say that the MLB is making a lot of mistakes right now. Um, a couple things that I wanted to address from what you said. One was first you mentioned that it might be like a salary cap issue. I, I don't know if you're referring to the proposal of adding a salary floor, which seems I agree to address what yes. you're yes. going on about more so. Um, yes. So that was one thing that caught my attention. And the other thing that you brought up very early on is in comparison to these other major sports in the United States in particular, it is so hard to to just directly copy what another sport is doing in terms of, um, you know, front office management because the players in the teams are constructed so differently. The way contracts work is so different. Um, you know, major league rosters are so much bigger than, you know, an NBA roster or, you know, player like contracts and health are so much different than, you know, your average NFL player. So, you do have to kind of experiment with new solutions to the same problems. Uh, And I think the most obvious problem that we have right now that you didn't really mention is the way the draft is conducted and the lack of incentive for teams to try other than, you know, other than to make the playoffs. And one of the suggestions that, I've heard, I think I heard this on the Effectively Wild podcast sometime last week. Um, I heard a suggestion that said the 
the way the draft should work is that the teams outside of the playoffs with the best record get the first pick in the draft and you work down that way instead of just going from last to first, which is basically the way it works right now. And also doing something like that, like in doing something like that with the first few rounds of the draft in particular, and then kind of opening things up after that um, would allow for teams that are at a disadvantage to kind of cycle back into that mix because you can't just keep teams at the you know at the bottom five of the league from from getting better in any sort of way but there are different ways they could continue to try to change things that they haven't really seemed to do you know they, they make changes to the international draft um, to try to make that a little more balanced because it got to the point where teams were kind of ignoring you know free agency and the and just going after as many international players as they can. They went that route, and that didn't seem to work. So it is super experimental at this point. There is no formula that we can look at and say, this this sport is doing it right, and baseball needs to do this. Um, so if you're upset, just understand that it's not an easy change to make, but there do need to be changes along the way. Um, yeah, so that's all I had to say on that as well. Um, very impressive rant from you rudy i always love when you get heated on uh, during our conversations i got you (laughs) anytime uh yeah so that's all we have to talk about today hopefully you enjoyed what we had to say about the marlins and the brewers and we'd love to hear what you have to say as well so you can get in touch with us on facebook and twitter at beat the shift bp that's at beat the shift bp Go and, you know, check out all our stuff there and get in touch with us. Uh, We want to hear what you think. And you can also email us, uh, beattheshiftbaseball at gmail.com as well. Our website is in the link below, so you can check out all our articles that we've been writing with our Team of the Week podcasts. Um, There's a little bit of a backlog, but we have lots of articles up, so you can check those out there as well as all our podcasts. So make sure you give that a look as well. Um, All right, that's all I have for this one. Thank you, everybody, once again for joining us. As always, Rudy. Peace.